Welcome to episode 117 of The Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. John, what's up this week? So I thought we could spend a little time today chatting about the uh, some, some of the biggest tech news to come along in a while. And of course, I'm referring to Google's transformation into Alphabet, uh, which may sound a little something like from what our kids watch on television every day, but really and truly they're, they're going to become multiple companies under a holding company umbrella um, called Alphabet. And it's sort of the dawn of a new day perhaps for, uh, for Google. And I know that as technology watchers, we've had lots of things to say about Google and Apple and Microsoft and Amazon over the, over the past uh, couple of years on the show. And this is something we've been watching very closely. And I know you have some, some thoughts on that. So I thought we would start with uh, what your thoughts were on the implications of, of uh, this transformation. Well, I think I think it's 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 a big deal, and more from from an optical perspective than anything else. You know, we've been we've been talking on the show about how you know as Apple is sort of mired in the morass of um, slow, non-innovative thinking and development, is one of a few companies that are uh, or really have been for some time whipping out ahead, um, looking at many different. Um, manifestations of technology across a broad base far outside uh, the, the narrow band of computer software and hardware of taking, you know, taking innovation um, and taking their charter for what they're trying to do in the world to the next level. And what, what Alphabet does um, from an optical perspective is it really shows that to the world. I mean, it's no longer, well, there's just sort of all of these things kind of happening behind the scenes inside of this search company, and it sort of doesn't make sense. Um, now it's really putting it out there and saying, you know, here's a structure, here are all of these different things functioning uh, in various ways independently within it. And it's a, it's a broad mandate, you know. We've, you know, we've talked on the show before about, uh, about car, self-driving cars and other interesting technology, but, um, you know, now people are being made aware of Google's investments, for example, in technologies to increase uh, the duration of life. Um, they're really going into emerging technologies, the things that we work on at Invo, and we talk a lot about on this show, uh, you know, from from AI to robotics to synthetic biology, Google's all in, and um, they are refashioning their leadership focus at the top, and reprioritizing uh, the the structure of their entities to really try and make the most of those things. So I think it's um, I think it's pretty cool because it is really making manifest what's what's been happening in more seemingly ad hoc ways in a much more formal and understandable structure. Yeah, I, I think as as you were articulating that, it it's dawning on me that Google really is the the mainline innovation and emerging technology company. Uh, you know, maybe in the in a way that that the GE of old uh, was, you know, just dominating in 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 uh, some emerging technology spaces. But you know, if you recall just a couple years ago, uh, they 
scooped up, meaning Google scooped up a number of Boston area uh, sort of cutting edge robotics companies. And there were, uh, you know, all sorts of videos online of these, uh, uh, you know, of these robots that resembled animals, that resembled people and, and, you know, Google was was placing this bet on the future of robotics, and as you pointed out, there wasn't a real connection or one that we could see to uh, to their core business of advertising. Well, now they have all of these, you know, wonderful, uh, innovative uh, individual companies, plus their Google Ventures and 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 other. Uh, sort of financial instruments, uh, ways of funding these, and and you can begin to see just how they have their fingers in in so many of these pies that are going to be important for uh, for the future. Uh, you know, Nest, uh, obviously a, another Google company. You mentioned the uh, self driving cars. Uh, you know, uh, another Google investment. And and I I know that they're investing in in synthetic biology uh, and talking with uh, George Church, for instance, about having, uh, uh, you know, genetically altered mosquitoes that, you know, may one day be able to help uh, fight dengue fever uh, in, you know, sort of remote parts of the world. So. You know, it's it's hard to grasp all of the uh, all of the elements that are going into this Alphabet company. But I guess from my perspective, having such a love of emerging technologies, it it really seems like you know it would be uh, a, a wonderful place to work. Although I doubt that anyone would, aside from the company founders, would really get to touch on everything. Yeah, and I, th I think that's that's part of the point. And, you know, Google has a long history of dabbling in ways that are largely unsuccessful. If we go back to the early days when they were just a search company and then started to to roll out other different types of products, you know, they've sort of notoriously failed at social networking again and again and again. Right. You know, trying different kinds of uh, messaging platforms, you know, um, sort of project management kind, management kind of things, among many, many others. And it's been very hit or miss. Uh, the company, you know, has come from sort of a hacker engineer culture and has sort of taken that same tool and applied it to all of these different contexts while trying to run a, a search business that paid the bills to, you know, a, a wide, a really varying array of um, successes and failures, primarily failures. So, now um, Google is taking these things that are, are much bigger than just, oh, you know, we do search software, now we're going to do social networking software, going into totally different um, industries, very, very different aspects of technology, although all coming back to software in ways um, tiny and large, and, and try and run those as companies, as their own things, as opposed to hobbies or, you know, just sort of the, the, the um, mashup uh, let's see what we can do here kind of deal. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what they're able to do or, or not with it all. I'm, I'm very bullish on, on their ability, um, again, treating these as separate companies, things that are uh, being run by strong leaders and properly invested, properly focused in each of their own. Um, I, I'm pretty optimistic. I mean, I don't see any other company on the horizon uh, you know, within an order of magnitude of what Google is trying to do across this very broad base of emerging cutting edge things. Um, and, 
you know, at some level, it, it's scary, right? Um, I mean, if, if... Totally scary. Yeah, I mean, the, the flip side of the coin is Google right now is the only uh, corporation I can see that is on a track to potentially be the, you know, the dystopian um, overlord of, of the future. So um, I, I, I don't suspect that that will happen, but it's within, you know, it's within the realm of possibility given the, the breadth of the play that they're making and how it's getting into, um, you know, I mean, life extension in particular. I mean, it's getting into, um, you know, literally the, the sort of holy grail of, um, of, of technology in the world. So uh, interesting, exciting, um, and, and really fulfilling on, on a, a sort of promise of innovation that they've been showing and making. So it's, it's fun to see it sort of emerge in this calcified way. Yeah, I I think if we if we take uh, you know a quick look at some of Google's chief technology rivals, I mean, y- you know we, we can think about you know Amazon and Apple being uh, you know rivals to Google in that sense, and when you look at you know what Amazon's doing. Uh, there, there is some some overlap there with you know Internet of Things offerings. For instance, Amazon is is uh, moving in, in a couple different directions with their uh, Internet of Things offerings. One being the uh, sort of the voice activated uh, Echo, which you know they've been sort of market testing. Certainly nowhere near. Uh, a sort of moonshot the way you would think of uh, like robotics or uh, um, you know some of the uh, synthetic biology projects that that Google's venturing into so Amazon a much more uh, I don't know if if down to earth is the right way to you know contrast with the moonshot company but you know Amazon is certainly uh, you know uh, all, it seems seems all encompassing when it when it comes on on the retail side, but uh, you know generally speaking seems a lot more maybe pragmatic, maybe uh, uh, sort of boots on the ground and and less uh, and less looking towards the future and uh, and visionary the way I, I see Google. At the same time, I, I use most of Amazon's services. I use their. Uh, um, their streaming service. I order all sorts of things online from them. So they are collecting money from me anyway. Um, and, and maybe it's just that Google has the visionary leaders, uh, you know, that, that make it possible for them to do what they're doing. You know, the, the question then is, I think, worth raising, why not Apple? Like, why Apple's sitting on this pile of cash? Um, they certainly have the money to do it, but they don't seem to be venturing as far afield uh, from the consumer electronics uh, world that they've dominated for so long. Um, and they, they're just not, they don't seem as visionary and, and, and maybe that's a leadership thing. What, what do you think, Dirk? Totally think it's a leadership thing. I mean, Wozniak's been retired for what thirty years. Um, you know, Jobs <laughs> has been Jobs has been dead for four or five. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm sure Tim Cook is is a very competent professional CEO, um, but you know, he sure as heck isn't a visionary. He sure as heck isn't a leader. And as much as the design community like to froth about the partnership between Steve Jobs and Johnny Ive. Boy, Johnny Ive's not doing much interesting since then, and the stuff that Apple is doing that he's attached to, and you know, yammering about in positive ways, uh, those aren't exciting products. Those aren't those aren't interesting and groundbreaking things. They're they're really um, 
mundane. So yeah, I think it's it's a lack of vision, a lack of leadership. I mean, Apple, you know, companies are like people. You know, they get old, um, they peak, uh, and Apple. Apple's had a couple of really nice runs in its history, and it remains, I think, the biggest uh, the biggest company on earth. I don't know, you know, it's usually Apple and Exxon are up there towards the top. So certainly, from a capital perspective, um, a big corporate perspective, there's a lot of success there. However, um, the vision isn't there. And so if you take where Apple is today and go out 20 years and compare it to the 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 sort of arc that we're seeing from Google and it in 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 sort of more um, straightforward and perhaps less um, inspiring ways like Amazon, um, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to make the case that Apple is the one in 20 years that's going to be the really premier company. Um, you know, they've already from my perspective, lost the shine um, from an innovation perspective. And I think it will just take time for them to lose it from from a, a market cap perspective. Yeah, I, you know, looking at sort of the post-Jobs era for Apple, I, I can only sort of sum it up as seeing lots of line extensions on their current brands and absolutely zero innovation. So everything I feel from the Jobs era got... Uh, maybe more profitable, uh, slight tweaks here and there uh, to, you know, whether it's the uh, consumer electronics or the services that back them uh, or the software within them. But, but nothing that is, that is, you know, it's incremental change and not really uh, anything that, you know, in the long term is going to, going to have the same splash that, you know, the first iPod or the first iPhone or the iPad did. In fact, I was just looking at an article today uh, on Koi Vin's site uh, suggesting that, you know, the iPad needs needs uh, an innovation round or, or some some rekindling because it's it's getting, uh, uh, you know, getting to be kind of a tired category the, the, as, as the standard bearer for tablet computing. You know, there's just not as much... Uh, if any innovation in the space since uh, tablet computing started uh, with with the uh, uh, debut of the iPad, so it's I think maybe a little disappointing for people like myself who have been you know fans. I wouldn't say a fanboy, but fans of Apple products for so long just sort of took for granted that they would lead the charge on the innovation and design side, um, and for for some reason. Capturing money, not imagination, seems to be their uh, modus operandi currently. So maybe a little disappointed in Apple, at least here. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you look at the history of corporations, they all die. They all go away. Um, but none of them make it. If you look at the, the biggest companies of, you know, like an Andrew Carnegie, they, they don't exist anymore. Um, they, they, they die despite being at, at certain points the biggest and, and most successful companies in the world. And that's because they're born of a certain time and place with a certain vision, um, carving out a certain space in the world. And as time passes, 
the, um, the the impact of that space, the degree to which people desire that space, waxes and wanes. And the more time that passes, the more it's on the wane side. Apple is a company that um, I, I don't remember their initial mission statement, but it, it boiled down to putting computers in everyone's living room, taking these giant machines of processing and make them uh, personal and part of people's everyday lives. Uh, that's, you know, that's a mission that's been, um, been addressed a long time ago. Uh, whereas, you know, Google, their mission of organizing the world's information, um, you know, information applies to DNA. Information applies to all kinds of different things. So even though Google's first manifestation was in the context of a search engine, from the very beginning, their their vision for what, what they were trying to achieve in the world was much bigger, much... Now, I think there are still exciting things for Apple to do. It would be great if Apple could solve the personal computing ecosystem. So going back to Coey's comment, comment, um, there's a gap right now where we've got the watch, we've got the iPhone, we've got the iPad, we've got the laptop or desktop computer, you know, we've got the, the devices in our cars and in other, um, other places, uh, wearables that, that are all part of this. Well, it's really clumsy. There's too many devices. They don't work that well together. There's still a lot to be done in that space. And I do think Apple's the right company to do it. The question is, do they have the leadership vision present to, to do that. And I think, you know, the Johnny I fanboys would say yes. Uh, I, I, I'm not so sure, though. Um, I'd like to see them do it because I own Apple devices. I've invested a lot of money in the, the you know, iTunes store, and um, I'd like this ecosystem to continue. There's a big opportunity for it to really up-level. Uh, I hope Apple does it, but I increasingly think it's more likely that it's going to be some kind of disruptor. Uh, I don't necessarily think Google's the one to do it because Google's excellence is not in design ecosystems. Google's excellence is in engineering and on the design side, more, um, you know, more simple, straightforward, um, not from a design perspective, but from sort of a, a, a an overall um, business model uh, perspective in ways that are, are more open, but don't necessarily result in a great user experience. So it might be another company entirely. Going back to Amazon, it might be Amazon, although I don't think it will be them either. I don't know who it will be, but there's a big opportunity here, and it is one Apple can take advantage of. The question is, will they? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, holding out that that Apple might be able to do some of that too. But uh, uh, like yourself, I'm I'm not sure that they're really prepared to do that uh, in, in light of the way they've been going. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at DNemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Or email me, Dirk, at GoInvo.com. So that's it for episode 117 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Neumeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>